0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit BPN.fm to discover more.
1: We sped our whole lives wishing.
0: You're listening to Tony Telecasts from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside
2: out. I'm Aaron Albano. And I'm Mo Brady. But it's they
1: who need to
0: change
2: the way they think. That is. Yes. Welcome, listeners, to our mini series about the Tonys, bringing you all the drama behind the drama of a theater season in Broadway history.
0: In each podcast episode, we watch a telecast of a previous Tony Awards, not only the performances but the opening and the speeches, to see how it reflects the season as a whole. So let's dive back in and talk about the 2009 Tony Awards. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Our first performance by a nominated musical is Shrek.
2: What's up, Duloc? What's up, Duloc? Aaron, what's up, Duloc? Take it away. <laughs> okay, so it starts with a lead in scene featuring Brian Darcy James, Sutton Foster, and Daniel Breaker, all in costume, and they like set the stage for the number. And it's a pretty long scene. It's jokes, right? They're doing, they're, do- they're doing, they're doing like air quotes jokes here. about Farquaad. That's his name because it's because the whole scene is about telling Fiona about who Farquaad is cuz she's like tell me all about him and she and they just tell short jokes the whole time <laughs> which i was like did we need this i can't decide or should we have just led straight into the number it's the weirdness that we've already seen these
0: three actors in costume for their component of the opening number when they did free flags yeah. so they're already there they already got a check
2: so might as well use them
0: yeah I mean, the only reason I could think of maybe using them was that you see someone that looks like Shrek from the animated film or Fiona, and you're like, oh, this is that thing I like because these people look like the people I know.
2: Oh, fair, 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 fair. Because they're they're the most love Farquaad and love Christopher Sieber, but he's not the most recognizable character in this property.
0: And yet is nominated. Well, yeah, but so is Brian Darcy James, so... And so is Sutton Foster. And
2: so is Sutton Foster. So we're good to go. Did you see Shrek? I've never seen Shrek. I've never seen Shrek. I didn't see Shrek live. I was a dick actor at that point and was like, Ugh, "Why is Hollywood invading Broadway?" <laughs> <laughs> And then- Hey, wait, remind me what show you made your Broadway debut in? Not a Hollywood show, a Bollywood show. Thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Okay. So Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bombay Dreams is putting the smack down on Trek the Musical.
2: Sure. That's a high horse you're on. I mean, Here. hey, that high horse was born and bred at CCM. So let's not. <laughs> but so I was too, too stuck up to watch Trek. And then years later I discovered that it was on Netflix, which it's still on Netflix. So you should watch it on Netflix. And I just on a whim, I turned it on and was like, wait, this was Shrek. It's fantastic. The show is really great. Wait, what? It's really great? I've never seen it.
0: It's, I've already said that.
2: Yes. It's good. That's It's wonderful. Go watch it on Netflix. It's on Netflix. They did a live cap of the show. And it is on Netflix and you should watch it. And all of the listeners should watch it too if you've never heard it or seen it. It's wonderful. Is this
0: Tony Award performance a good representation of the show? Is it a good commercial for Shrek the musical?
2: I think it is because the movie itself, like the movie movie is like pure comedies and send-ups. This is definitely, it shows you that we're in the world of the movie, both in sort of environment and timbre. Hmm,
0: I thought it was fine. I thought this was perfectly fine.
2: It did not make me want to buy a ticket. As everything is. It's better in context. But I think it's a it's generally a good performance for them to... Especially, and I guess we'll get here too, because they did Freak Flag in the opening. I think this is a good sort of also performance.
0: Yeah, but for some reason, I didn't count Freak Flag in the opening as like a commercial for Shrek.
2: Sure. I don't know I why. I mean, I didn't either. But I think in terms of pre-production... If mm. you think, oh, what two performances can we do?
0: These were the only two numbers you could do. Uh, you could do the opening of Act Two. Aaron Albano, Shrek historian. But also to, also to support Chris
2: Sieber. Yeah. I think Chris Sieber was a favorite to win, so they were campaigning hard for him. Got it. You should watch it on Netflix. Fine, stop yelling at me. Brady would love it. That's why I'm going to get you to watch it. West Side Story,
0: Dance at the Gym.
2: This is a good
0: cut of West Side Story. This is a
2: great cut of West Side. This is, this bent- is this a is-
0: great cut of West Side Story. Mm-hmm. I never get tired of listening to this music or watching this choreography. Like, this is good music. This is good storytelling. This is As good this is, dancing.
2: They are clean. This is some
0: good dancing. Yeah.
2: They are all like some of my favorite dancers in the business are in this revival.
0: Names, names. We want names, Aaron Albano. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, okay, just to name a few, we got Curtis Holbrook in there. We got Mikey Winslow in there. We got Ryan Steele, who's my favorite dancer of all time ever on Broadway in anything he does. We have Peter Cherson, who's equally as flawless as Steele. We have Manny Herrera, again, also equally. See, just flawless, flawless dancers. It's like obnoxious how flawless these people are. It's good dancing. And so get them all in one revival of this iconic choreography. Like forget about it. It was thrilling. It was great. It was the perfect way to feature the show. I don't know if they feature their nominees very well. But at this point, I was like, but you're featuring the show and the show is what we're going to go see. Oh, it's a fantastic commercial.
0: Like here in 2020, watching it, it made me like Oh gosh, I really wanna see the movie. I really mm. wanna watch, like. Oh, the new movie? Yeah, I really wanna see the Spielberg movie and watch, like, current best of the best dancers sure. dance yes. to the score. Uh-huh. So, uh, the 2009 performance was a really good <laughs> ad for the 2021 movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was wonderful. No notes. No notes. <laughs> no notes for this clean, iconic performance.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: See website for details. And then we get to Rock of Ages. Not a clean, not a clean performance? <laughs> I don't. What think do you think? Like, it's, I mean, on one hand, it's not supposed to be clean. It's Rock of Ages. No. <laughs> Go. I like Rock of
0: Ages. Is it my favorite show? No. Has it ever been in my top 10? No. Have I seen it five times and enjoyed myself every single time? Yes. (laughs) I think that Rock of Ages is a fucking fun show. And this is a great cast. It's a great cast. It's a great number, right? Like, we have a great ensemble here. We're featuring original company of West Side Story includes Jeremy Jordan as a swing. Bahia Hiba, Jeremy Woodard, Savannah Wise, Smash Alum, Erica Hunter, I fell in love with Erica Hunter head over heels. She did the thing with the firecracker popsicle and she was like milking the audience for (laughs) it was brilliant. It was really brilliant. It's great. I will get on a Rock of Ages and an Erica Hunter train whenever you want me to. Work. This song is a bop. The choreography is just right for the story. The vocals are good. Yes, I like this.
2: This is wonderful. This is fantastic. I'm not sure why this was ever on Broadway, and I watched it and I loved it. It's nothing but a good time. How can I resist? Fair, 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 fair. fair. It doesn't. It Ugh. doesn't claim to be anything else. So here we are. There is there is room for all here on Broadway.
0: I think that when we're talking about jukebox musicals, and we have a Jersey Boys, and we have a Beautiful, and we have all you know, we have an All Shook Up, we have all of these different. We
2: have a share show. Sure. Th- this is my favorite of them. Okay. I will say what Rock of Ages does right. When you end a show with Don't Stop Believing, forget about it. Don't Stop Believing is like rock gold. Mm -hmm. Like you do that and you do that well, like no one can touch you. And Constantine Maroulos can blow in this show. Like
0: Yeah, he's really good at the singing. Those
2: pipes are unstoppable, especially when you're singing this kind of music. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it was fine. I liked it. Sure. <laughs> Did you like Guys and Dolls sit down rock rocking the boat? Okay, let's talk about this mic problem. Okay, the most
0: iconic of all mic problems, mic problems this in 2009.
2: Problem. Can I walk you through it? Sure, yeah, do it.
0: Okay, so the numbers announced, Titus Burgess as Nicely Nicely Johnson starts singing, and his mic is popping. Like you can hear the sort of... Yes, you can literally pop, hear it. We hear an offstage voice saying... Am I going in with it? I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> yeah. A man comes on the stage. Titus gets handed a handheld mic from a man in a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. And the audience applauds. This is very early in the number. That probably all takes place in the it first started the 12 seconds. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's it's very fast. Everyone's clearly watching him struggle to get these lines out and not being heard. And that's, that's what the applause is for. It's like, finally, we can hear him. And then... God bless Titus Burgess because A, he handles it like a champ. He
0: handles it like a champ. Like, you think this was supposed to happen. I don't know if I go that far, but. <laughs> he definitely no no. but there is never a. I mean he's doing a lot of movement right he's climbing across chairs and he's running around the stage and yet he does it all with this handheld mic that he was never supposed to be holding correct
2: that is very true
0: and makes it look like effortless he had planned to be holding a handheld mic the entire time
2: boy has some mic technique which is great and and he's
0: single-handedly carrying this number I enjoy the Sergio Trujillo choreography. This is probably pretty early in Sergio's choreographic career, 2009. Yeah. I mean, he also choreographed next to normal this season. But
2: this is he choreographed next to normal. Sure did. All those dance numbers in Next to Normal.
0: Baba do Ba Ba do Ba Psychopharmacologist and die. Add up and <laughs> something and something. All that stuff. That's all him. Oh um, yeah. This is like. In that time I, where Sergio was doing everything and getting nominated for nothing. Yeah. Um, yes,
2: that's true. I liked
0: it. This I, is a good version of Sit Down, You're Rockin' the Boat. I
2: would agree. I'd agree with that. Titus carries the whole thing, though. Titus, thank you for being you. Can't do this number without Titus. Could you me? Hey, Dad, it's me.
1: Could you let me go under? not you see? Would you watch as I drown I...
2: Okay. Next to normal, you don't know, I am the one. Did you see, you saw this on Broadway, right?
0: I saw a reading of this starring Amy Spanger and Anthony Rapp in like 2005. (gasps) Wow. Mary Faber was Natalie at the time. This is back when it was Feeling Electric. So I would listen to the board mix from the reading of Feeling Electric, like circa 2005. Mm -hmm. I saw this multiple times on Broadway with multiple casts. I did the show in a mini tour in 2012. Like, I like this
2: show. I like this show. It is a good show. I like this show. (laughs) I saw it once off Broadway. I saw it at the second stage, complete with Costco number. And I, and, and I regret not seeing it on Broadway because I remember at the time I was like, I think I got it. And then it moved to Broadway and I was like, I saw it off Broadway. I'm fine. Again, an asshole. I, yeah, I, I, so that was my only experience with Next to Normal.
0: I will say that in my mind, part of the reason I pitched 2009 was because I had put a rivalry in my head of Next to Normal and Billy, Billy Elliot. Sure. Along the lines of Matilda and the Kinky Boots rivalry. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was really a rivalry watching this or if I just really liked Next to Normal
2: and Billy yeah, Elliot. I mean, was... That might have been a little bit of bias. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 I, if we were to choose a rivalry, it would definitely be between those two because I don't think. No. I don't think Shrek was but in we also, I think Rock of Ages was But in
0: for there. this miniseries we specifically didn't choose seasons where there was a blowout in terms of nominations or wins we didn't sure. choose 2016 yeah because we just <laughs> talked about hamilton for two and a half hours because which lol stopped. yeah uh-huh you saw it once you felt like you got it i saw it three billion times and i have a lot of feelings did you like this performance is this a good performance did this sell you on next to normal
2: i love this performance this is the song that i remember from my watch at it and that's the it's the song that I remember watching. What was it? When would this have been at second stage? Like in 2007, 2008? Sounds right. Where this is the song both in this part of the show and in the reprise where I just start crying because it's that song. I don't know if it's the emotional climax of the show, but it is unemotional climax of the show. And it gets me every time. Something about the way the Chords and orchestration and all of the feels in the song of all three characters and the intensity, the way they all line up. Like, I th- like I don't think anybody can watch this number and not be moved by this song. I question, if you don't know what this show is about, is there that much of an impact? Because I wonder, like, I think it's a great commercial for me, but I've already spent my money and seen the show.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually think... I don't think it's the obvious choice, but I do think it's a good choice because what would the obvious choice be? The opening or the closing, right? Sure. Sort of something that says like, here's everybody Mm -hmm. and we're not going to tell, you know, the opening doesn't have a great, end to it, right? It's, it's, um, Diana on the floor with all the bread. Like, how would you end that? Yeah. And the closing doesn't have a, like a ton of meat to it. I feel like showing us sort of the, the moment where things take off in terms of storytelling is perhaps the smartest move. And for as much as Alice has trouble keeping up with the band or hearing the band. I'm not sure what the problem is, but there's some there are some points in the song where she is not with the band, yeah, where the band is not with her, I should say. <laughs> I felt like her performance, I understood who this woman was, and I yeah. could see seeing at home being like, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, for sure. I want to know more about that.
2: Well, I think, and that's where the unlike- challenge
0: with Diana is either you seem too unaffected by the circumstances, and it doesn't feel like it has the emotional weight that would make it interesting to see. Or you'd be watching someone overact to be a crazy person. And you'd be like, oh, that doesn't feel realistic. Alice is writing this wonderfully fine line in her performance on the telecast, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that like we get to see why she won. When she wins, we're like, oh, based on that performance, I get it. I know. And I honestly don't think it matters that we don't know exactly what's happening in the scene because the way they're performing it is compelling enough that it makes us want to go watch it.
0: Do you want to know another number where I don't know what's happening? Go ahead.
2: Billy Elliot.
0: <laughs> I never saw Billy Elliot. I've never seen Billy Elliot I've seen the movie. I haven't seen... Se-
2: so on Broadway HD, you should go watch <laughs> Billy Elliot. Just get all of these streaming services that you should have already and go watch Billy well, Elliot.
0: Wait. I am too busy recording podcasts and watching the Tony Awards with you. <laughs> I I didn't like this. Tell me why I should like this. Tell I, I me think, why. I think you're
2: cool. I think you're cool why Why you don't like this. It's a good moment in the show. It's a confusing moment in the show. Billy's a Billy's a weird... It's a great watch, but it's a weird watch because I would say that even with the movie... Have you seen seen the movie? Yeah, I've seen
0: the non-musical version of Billy Elliot.
2: So the the movie of Billy, because there's the storyline of Billy trying to dance, and then there's the story of the union workers trying to unionize. And for the longest time, especially when I saw this for the first time, I was like, I don't understand why I identify with half of this show. I think Elton John's intro, had he nailed it, would have explained a lot more. When I heard, it, I was like, oh, that's a good, clear distinction of what the through line of Billy Elliot and connection to his father's story is, which I think is powerful if you know the show. If you don't know this show and you don't know the movie, this is a weird performance because you you have no idea what's going yep. on. Yep no idea (laughs) (laughs) the one thing that the one thing that i think probably came into play here in the same vein as my theory on the shrek performance again it's all speculation i have no fact on any of this but because billy started the show with elton john singing electricity and the three boys dancing electricity i was like oh they thought they had that covered And so they chose to do something a little less commercial with their actual Tony performance. Yeah. Did it work? I don't know.
0: Okay. So this is like, I think about this as like choreography from Peter Darling, who also gave us the movement in Matilda, which we know that you like, Mm -hmm. Groundhog Day. The first half for me is a lot of a tween boy stomping his feet and saying, ah. Yeah. Does it work for you, Aaron? Because I found it really repetitive and not very Again, engaging. because I know
2: the show, it's... F- As a Tony performance, no. Because you don't get it. We don't get it. I don't think this is... A- As a Tony performance, I don't think this is a successful performance. As a number in the show, when you see the show, because you should see it on Broadway HD, you understand what's happening. And arguably, like, this is what tap is supposed to do. All contextually, it makes sense. Out of context, nah. This was like... Look at us be like Evolved Theater because you already saw our press event at the beginning of the show. And all the people, all the kids who'd want to see the show have gone to bed already. Hmm. And they saw the opening, so we're fine. Give me
1: a head with hair Long, beautiful hair Shining, gleaming Steaming flax and wax Give me down to there The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: You know what is a good Tony Award performance? It's hair. It's hair. Doing hair. <laughs> First off, let's talk about this ensemble. It is Jackie Burns, Andrew Cobert, Tomar Wilson. Your male swing room is <laughs> Josh Lehman, J Armstrong Johnson, and Michael James Scott. Imagine the dress. I room. mean,
2: the music echoing out of it is a party alone. Like, okay, this is a good, good cast. It's a fantastic. It's
0: cast. like not a lot of choreography, but just the right of st- amount of staging to me. Like the whole opening tableau where they're all just like shaking their hair. Uh-huh. You're like, yeah, that's what hair should look. <laughs> like. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And they all spread out and they've got their own sort of moments and you get sort of that camera pan that we remember from 1998 from Ragtime where yeah. you see everybody sort of in their windows. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just like, this is great. Deserved audience interaction.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. This is just touching and breathing on faces pre-COVID. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was like, oh my God, a COVID nightmare. No one could do this show right now.
0: Berkshire Theater Group is not doing, which is a bummer because there really was a point about three months into this where we all were getting haircuts mm-hmm. or not getting haircuts that would have made, that us would have all made it great a great, great production of hair. For sure. You could have saved a lot on your wig budget. And yet. <laughs> and nope. COVID precautions. Here we go. To me, there's not a lot to this number other than like you write a really great song and you put really magnanimous performers to lead it like will swenson and gavin creel and you're like okay and
2: i will say i love and tell me if because i don't know hair that well but i feel like hair is that beautiful number where it's on like the second tier of popularity like you got all like the really big like age of aquarius let the sun shine in all of those like everybody knows these songs songs Mm -hmm. And then like the title song is not on that echelon, but it's like a level below. And so you feel like you're watching something new, but something, you know, at the same time.
0: And also it did a good job at, like, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the two nominated performances were Gavin Creel and Will Swenson. Yeah. So then you get, so it showcased the nominees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It showcased
2: the nominees. It showcased the show. Yeah. It made you want to see it. Don't spoil our Yelp
0: review, Aaron. <laughs>
2: but it was, yeah, it was great. It was, it was no notes, no notes here. Let's give a Yelp review. I feel like Yelp's going to yell at us for calling it a Yelp review. Yelp does not care. <laughs> Yelp is not listening for sure. <laughs> Which performance made the show look better than it was, Mo?
0: I have to say, Guys and Dolls. Yeah, because I, it was a good sit down. You rock in the boat, mm-hmm. and I did not see that revival, but I heard it was not received well and closed quickly. So yeah. I'm just gonna guess because I liked that number and buzz of the show was bad. Guys and Dolls. Yeah,
2: I would. You? I would say the same, but for a different performance. I would say the Guys and Dolls. Actually, frankly, both the Guys and Dolls and the West Side Story tonight medley in the opening. Because I, I actually thought you saw more of Sergio's choreography in that performance than you did in the actual number. Oh, sure. And so getting to see these two sort of iconic shows together hit me in all the right ways. And I was like, okay, I could believe in these shows. Which performance made you want to buy a ticket? West Side, hands down. I love a clean number. I love a clean number. And I love an iconic number. And these both, it ticked both of those boxes.
0: I almost wrote West Side Story. I wrote Next to Normal. Nice. I think that this voice is the score of the story, but, yeah, but 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 West Side Story. I could
2: I could buy Next to Normal too, except that I didn't buy a ticket because I saw it at I saw it at Second Stage.
0: I could buy I could buy Next to Normal, but only if it was an off Broadway. <laughs>
2: Um, What speech moved you the most?
0: I liked Brian and Tom's for best score for Next to Normal.
2: Yes, that was a good one. I
0: thought they were very um, endearing. And I liked when Brian, Brian had a couple of quotes I liked. He said, for all of you in this room and out there in America who are crazy enough to attempt an original musical, we salute you. And that feels very true. That sort of feels like Next to Normal is sort of the most original musical you can get, right? It's not based on a book or a a movie or a song book, right? It's totally original.
2: It won the Pulitzer, right?
0: Yeah and he says later if you're working on something you believe in keep going no matter how long it takes Mm. maybe it's like just like covid quarantine but like that idea that like putting time into creating something even if you're not seeing results Mm -hmm. that actually feels like something that we can do in this moment and that i don't know that just hit me in a way that was effective so um what did you think what what speech stood out to you the most erin
2: It was the Three Billies, which, like, we keep referring to the Three Billies as the Three Billies, so I'm going to say their names right now. David Alvarez, Kirill Kulish, and Trent Kowalik. Not even just we, like, you and me, but, like, we, like, the Broadway community, like, groups them all together too many times and don't say their names out loud. I loved their Tony speech. (laughs) Yes, they took too long, but I thought it was so... Of the people who were, like, on board with them, I was one of them because... They were so polite and just, like, so shocked and so taken aback that they were just like, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go. Which I was like, oh, these guys. And then they thank their dresser, which I was like, bravo thanking your dresser. But what really hit me was that then, in their Tony's stupor, they then thanked their Dolly Dinkle Dance Studios. Mm. For those of you wondering, Dolly, I refer to the Dolly Dinkle Dance Studios as like your hometown dance studio. My Dolly Dinkle t- Studio is Maurice Stanette Dance Studio in Campbell, California. But they literally on national TV started thanking their Dolly Dinkle Dance Studios, which Trent's is Dorothy's School of Dance on Long Island. Which I was like, does not get more Dolly Dinkle than that? <laughs> Kirill's was San Diego Academy of Ballet, which fine. Okay. It's an academy. It's not really a Dolly Dinkle Academy. David then goes 90 Second Y and ABT, which I was like, I mean, that's not really Dolly Dinkle, but okay. It's like if Dolly Dinkle and like Agnes DeMille had competing dance studios, (laughs) that would be like the Agnes DeMille dance studio. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Like, but that there's got to be more love to all of your Dolly Dinkles. And that's why I love theirs.
0: Biggest surprise win, Aaron.
2: I didn't really have any.
0: Yeah, I didn't really have any other. So would you recommend watching the 2009 Tony Awards? No.
2: (laughs) There were were good moments, but when the broadcast can't get it together after the first like 10 minutes, I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Yeah, hard pass. Yeah, I'm just like, because you'll just be pissed while you're watching the whole time.
0: Well, I think at this point, People should either watch Shrek the Musical or... Billy Elliot on Broadway HD.
2: (laughs) Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Just go watch those instead.
0: All right. So in our last episode, part one of 2009, we randomly selected 1982. 1982. All right. So we'll be watching that next Tuesday for the episode.
2: We'll be watching that and talking about it next Tuesday. (laughs) Oh, right. That
0: too. <laughs> The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady.
2: And by me, Aaron Albano. Special thanks to Wasif Sammy for providing the background research for this Broadway season. There are two great ways you can be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and the second is by becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash The Ensemblist.
0: Please follow The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. You can also follow us on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time.